Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. How many people were here last week? Uh, We had quite a service. In fact, we had quite a weekend. Uh, We had Pastor Benny Perez from Las Vegas here. And uh, let me just explain something about Benny. Benny is a revivalist. Benny has been involved in revival most of his adult life. In 1992, he experienced a breakthrough revival in his youth church up in uh, northwest Washington, above north of Seattle. And for six years, the power of God fell upon his youth church, where his youth church grew to well over a thousand young people. And so he began to experience the, uh, just how to hear from God and what to do and how to, how to move in the spirit. And, and we experienced that this last weekend. Now I'll just tell you right now, the portal has been opened above the church, but it's been here a while. And Benny will tell you this, he just walked into it. He just walked into the portal and God began to explode. Now, you you say, well, what was happening? Man, people were falling and there was all kinds of activity happening spiritually. And, and, uh, well, I've been around this most of my adult life. And I can tell you right now, when the power of God gets on you, you really can't stand too hard, too, too long. Because they call it slaying the spirit, going under the power of the spirit. My grandkids said, Papa, what's happening? Are they dying? (laughs) No, they're not dying. They're experiencing the power of God with, and what associates with that is changed lives. I could tell you, I could tell you stories right now that happened last weekend. The lives were changed forever. Parker, you're one of them. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, the list goes on people's lives that were changed dramatically because when God comes on you, something dramatic happens. Now, uh, let me say it this way. Uh, Benny has unique ways of praying for people. He'll even at times blow on people. Uh, We're not, don't blow on people just to see if the power of God works on them. (laughs) That's Benny's method, and God has used that. And I have other ways, and, you know, we pray for people. We can lay hands on them. And Jesus spit on people. I don't recommend that one either. <laughs> but it's not the manifestation. It's changed lives. And sometimes people go out down under the power of the Holy Spirit, and that, that's very legitimate. And don't say, well, they're just, you know, they kind of give them a little hint, and they fall over. That's not what happens. I'm telling you, this is legitimate. And uh, I've been around this for some time. And sometimes the Holy Spirit comes in such powerful ways. Now, this is, this is what happened. And we saw this years ago when revival happened in the church. Is that people go into the power of the Spirit and pretty soon they'll come up laughing. Mm-hmm. They'll start laughing. This happened last week to one of our teenagers. Sitting in the front row right here. She got she began to weep under the presence of God. She fell down under the power of God. She gets up 
later and she starts laughing and this is not in her nature. She was laughing for quite a long time. What was God doing? He was changing her. God changes us from the inside out. There's an, a, a manifest presence of God that we can't, if God came in this room, we'd all be on the floor. Come on. And when we just see a, a little smattering of something, that's just a little rain coming down. When it pours, watch out people. Connie and I were in Argentina in the late nineties. We saw the power of God so powerfully, the whole gymnasium floors would fall down like wheat. One right after another, just like dominoes. Boom, 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 boom. And nobody told him to do that. Now, that's not the point. The point is not manifestations. The point is changed lives. God's doing something inside of them. God's drawing them to himself. I find that when people go into the power of the Holy Spirit, God begins to speak to them when they're because he can't get their attention any other way. So I wanted to address that and to tell you there's nothing unusual about what happened. We're kind of used to it here at Capitol. My Connie got stuck to the floor right over there in the late 90s, didn't you, Connie? Right about three or four steps in front of you and uh, for an hour and a half, two hours. She couldn't move. <clears throat> Come on, Connie, you gotta move. No, she was spiritually stuck to the floor. What, what happened? Oh, talk to her, she'll tell you what happened. Powerful change in her life. And that's what God does. So here we are. About two months ago, God spoke to me a prophetic word. I don't normally repeat my prophetic words. Because it was so powerful. I was sitting over here and God just downloaded this whole thing. I came up and just gave it. I want to read it to you. Uh, because I think it's so important. It started something, I think. This was on August 1st. Today, the Lord says, this day the portal has opened. You are a crossover people who have now crossed over from the natural to the spiritual. God has come to eliminate your path and to give you eyes that you've never seen and ears that you've never heard. For God has started a move of the spirit that will never stop. For you become a crossover people. You've come, gone from the wilderness to the promised land. Miracles will be daily, says the Lord. Miracles will come in the house. You will be known as those people who believe for miracles. This is not a day to stand back to shirk the work of God. This is a day that God has appointed and anointed. And you will be as an army out of Ezekiel 37, where all the breath of heaven, the Ruach... The wind-breath spirit of God has begun to blow. It's blowing in the wind. It's coming from the north, south, east, and west. It is raising up an army of mighty men and women of God that shall say, we will serve God and we will see miracles. You are not a people of death and destruction. You are a people of resurrection. Resurrection power shall follow you. It shall lead you. It shall be demonstrated daily. This is not a move of the spirit solely confined to the house of God in the four walls. This is a move of spirit in the streets and the businesses and the homes. Know this day that I have said, says the Lord, I am saying this has begun. Even as August has begun, a new move of the spirit has begun and the breath of God will raise up an army. The rattling has begun in the bones of the army of God. The breath of God is being prophesied and spoken into you. Start believing, start trusting, and start moving. Start being the crossover people that God has ordained, for your time has arrived and the portal has opened, says the Lord. 
Now, what is a portal? A portal is an opening between heaven and earth. And we have seen this portal beginning to exercise. And that's why we pray your kingdom come, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we doing? We're saying, portal, open up. Let heaven come to earth. That's what we pray. And so this, this morning, I want to, I wanna, over the next, it says I have 26 minutes and 27 seconds left. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I want to go back and I want to, as I said, I want to be a little blunt with you and I want to uh, talk about, uh, I just want to review a message that I spoke a few weeks ago and then I want to add a little bit to it and then I want to us to do some decreeing together and then I want us to pray. There were some amazing things that happened first service and, and I believe we're still in that portal right now. We're still in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so stay with me. Yes. They're changing uh, uh, camera operators, okay. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22, in the Amplified, it says, For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal. That is through the living and everlasting word of God. In other words, when you were born again, you were born again by the seed of God. What does that mean? I talked about this a few weeks ago. The moment you receive Jesus, God sowed his spirit and his word into your heart like a seed. You were born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. In other words, it can't die. In other words, you were made a brand new creature, a new species of being. It activated a royal priesthood mentality in you, a ruling species mentality. And what, it, what, what we learned was the word seed in the Greek is the word uh, sporo, spora, which means filled with new identity, new purpose, and new destiny. The spora means parenting seed, fertilized seed, activated seed containing genetic markers, codes, or traits. In other words, hereditary qualities and potentialities that are transmitted into the offspring. So when you received the seed of God, you received his hereditary qualities. Boy, you should be standing up on your seats cheering right now. Supernatural, hereditary qualities, genetic markers, codes that were given to you a fertilized seed contains the parent's genetic markers. Because his seed is in you, you have God's genetic markers already in you. Once you received his word. So when you were born again, God's parenting seed was sown into you and fertilized your spirit. It was activated. It was germinated and you were lifed. What does that mean? God gave you life. Your spirit was dead and all of a sudden you're alive. You were transformed. You were a new, new creature, a new creation. Qualities and potentialities from God were transmitted to you. God's seed sown in your heart produces God because it produces after its own kind. Every, that's the principle of God's word. It always produces after its own kind. So through the parenting seed, character traits, mannerisms, 
tendencies, likes, dislikes are passed on to the offspring. That's why sometimes you get something in your spirit that you can't understand, a dislike for something or a like for something because it's God in you. I mean, I have times where this justice thing comes in me. Just, I just, the, the injustice in, in life and it just starts rolling in me. And what is that? That's the God gene. That's the, the, the God markers in you. When God's seed is in us, then certain tendencies of his, his are passed on to us. We believe in miracles because that was passed on to us. We believe that all things are possible because it was passed on. Uh, we are predisposed to think with authority to believe for dominion and ruling and reigning. These are hereditary leanings. God is in us. His disposition is always to always overcome evil is planted in us. That's why you get upset at evil. Not because you are, that's not you, that's God. That's the God factor in you. And, and that's his disposition. So that has been seeded into all of us as children of God to subdue, conquer, reign in Jesus name. It's been given to us. God put no losing seed in you. The tendency of God's kids is to think thoughts filled with hope. That's why you just, you know, at times you can get battered and beat up, et cetera, but you always kind of return to hope. What is that? That's God in you. The eternal hope that's in you. Hope is a genetic marker inside of the redeemed. A genetic, genetic code. We are joint heirs with Christ. That's what it says in Romans 8, 17. If, it's, if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have been, let me, let me say it this way. We have been born into a dynasty family. Is, is there a program on TV called Dynasty or something? I've, I've never watched it, but they need to watch the church. We've been born into a dynasty family of governing authority. It's the God dynasty. And we must think like one living the mandate of God to exercise dominion. You were born of God to have dominion, not to be dominated. Not to be dominated by hell, society, culture, government. Your DNA reads overcomer. Your DNA re re declares ruler with my father. And like your father, you as a, ch a child of God, the words that you say create seeds. And he wants you to create with word seed or decrees. You need to start creating atmospheres for miracles. And an environment that produces life and destroys death. That's why demons try to keep you silent because you're a child of God in the dynasty of God, your royalty and what you say actually creates atmosphere. And when the atmosphere is created, then the portal continues to extend. Heaven comes down to earth and you see all these things happening. What happened last week, Benny just moved right into the, the portal that had already been created by our decrees and our words. We've got to start saying things. You got to stop being quiet. Even at, at home. That's why when, when, when Kelsey and Ben were up here, I just felt something at the end. You just, just mark them. That's what God said. Mark them, Kent. Seal them to the word. And I think we've got a little get more passionate at times. Come on. We're, we're, we're royalty. We're king's kids. And therefore we need to, we need to operate that way. 
Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who energizes within you both the desiring and the energizing in behalf of his good pleasure. God's seed in you energizes you to create God's will by decreeing his word. we got to say his word. His seed becomes a creative force in the heavens and the earth when decreed by those who have his DNA. And we, we express his spora. His spora begins to create an atmosphere. His plan is that when his heirs open their mouth, creative spheres will open and the atmosphere of God will be created. Power to change things will occur and we, it will bring order out of chaos. We have a chaotic culture right now and what it needs is not a political plan. It's not a business plan. It's not a cultural plan. It's We need a spiritual plan filled with the spora of God to declare his word to create the atmosphere that he can work in. Oh. Wow. Your, your words can create openings for... God's purposes. Your words produce after their kind. Produce what those words say. They subdue God's enemies. They produce God's promises. They restore our voices as God's heirs. We must learn, practice, and activate authority language. Let me say it this way. Most of us were born in slavery and we, we still act as if we're slaves. Even when we pray. God, would you please do this? I just, you know, please, God. In Jesus' name, I proclaim. You need to start decreeing and declaring instead of just begging like a, like a slave. We are not slaves. We're children of the Most High God. Lord, help me to describe this. And so what, what we're, we're doing, the, key, the king's seed is sown into us. His DNA is in us. It's been transmitted into our spirit. We're born again into his family. We have king's lineage. We're royalty. And as a part of his family, we need to engage in releasing words of power, might, and dominion. Because Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says, take dominion, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, etc. It gives us dominion language. We need to learn to rise up and rule in this life, fill and occupy the earth, subduing it and exercising dominion. God didn't put, God, God didn't save you just to get you to heaven. I keep saying that. Your assignment, once you're born again, is to change the world around you, change the atmosphere, and bring order out of chaos around you. You can do that by proclaiming God's word. His word is seed. It will go out and create things. And we need to start pronouncing that. There's, there's uh, and I, you, I go to this scripture all the time. I want to read it to you, and then I want to briefly comment on it. Uh, you've heard me talk about Matthew 16, 18 and 19 for so long. Jesus said, I'm going to, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let me say it this way. Whatever you at any time encounter of hell's counsel or authority. In other words, do you know there's a real devil? See, I, the, the biggest ploy the enemy has sown around us, he's not all that bad. He's just a devil. He's got pointed ears and he has a pitchfork. Do you know how evil he is? 
He wants to kill you, kill your family. He wants you to go to hell. He wants you to do all. He want, he's evil, evil personified. And you've, you've got to act as if your life depends on, because it does. It does. So whenever you at any time encounter hell's counsel or authority, that I am determined my church will prevail against, you will then face the decision whether you will or will not bind it. In other words, when you face the devil, you'll have to decide, am I going to bind it or not? What transpires is conditional to your response. If you do purposely and consciously involve yourself in binding the issue on earth, you will find at that future moment when you do that, it has been yes in heaven. If we say yes on earth, it will be said yes in heaven. That's what that scripture says. If we say no, it's already been said no in heaven. Now, I'll go to that in just a minute. Again, I want, I want, I want to explain this. Uh, everyone in this room, because the Bible says this, it says, and I will give you keys of the kingdom and you'll be able to bind on earth and etc. And it says the gates of, it talks about the gates of hell in that scripture. Now, what do gates do? It keeps people in or out. It's a gate. All right. Now you have, uh, you have keys. Notice the difference between the size of the key and the size of the gate. Gates will shout at you. You can't get in here. You're nothing. We're bigger than you are. No. This key, this one right here, this opens up my house. My house. I don't have the key to your house. This key right here. This opens the church. This key right here, this opens the business finance office. Now I have those keys. Now let me, let me say it this way. Everyone in this room has been, been assigned spiritual keys to open gates that only you can open. Now, if you neglect your spiritual keys to open and close and lock doors. You have, in a sense, refused the assignment of God. He wants you to open doors. And once we have the keys to something, we have authority over it. I have the authority over the gates of hell because I have the key. Come on. Let, let me read this uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen out of the Message Bible. This is the rock in which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door, no more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Does that sound like, please God, would you take out your keys for Pete's sake? Start opening doors, locking doors. It is your authority because you, a child of God, you're nobility. Now I found a scripture I'm going to talk about a little bit more a little later. Clock, just stop. Jesus name. I found this scripture in Job twenty two twenty eight. It says, thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. 
you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Now, let me, let me talk to you a few minutes and I'm going to get, as we move into this, I'm going to get blunt and be direct about things. We are not here to be ruled by unrighteousness. Why would God put us here on earth to be ruled by unrighteousness? We have been legally established as governors, ruling ones given authority by our God. We are heirs right here, and we are to declare the uncompromised word of King Jesus on the earth. We are here to say what he says. We must speak with authority. Jesus spoke with authority. He said, never a man spoke like this man. And people would comment about Jesus. People were astonished at his doctrine for he spoke with power. And his, his speech was not confusing. His words were positive. In Luke 7, Jesus approached a, a widow woman who was coming out of the city with a, procession, a funeral procession. What did he do? He interrupted the funeral. He raised him from the dead. That's quite a funeral interrupter. In John 9, blind Bartimaeus comes to him. He interrupts everything. He spoke with authority and vision came into his eyes. We see this all through the scripture. In Luke 4.32, it says, they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. It was with power. Jesus talked as though he was authorized. We need to start learning to talk as if we are authorized because we are. We are the body of Christ. He used his words to influence. Luke 4.36, then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. He gave commands to demons. He activated his authority with his words. So if we're the body of Christ, shouldn't his church do likewise? Shouldn't his heirs' speech drip with authority? Kings talk differently. Do this. Go here. They don't have people come in and, and the king begs them or you know, would you please go do this? No, he orders them. We need to learn how to order enemy activity or enemy forces. King's speech resonates with authority. They carry themselves with authority. It's, it's part of who we are. In Mark 13, 31, it says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. In other words, there's dynamic words. But sadly, hear me out, sadly, we have, I think, embraced the language of slavery rather than the language of kings. Our language is to be the language of kings as we reign with him. And we do not bow sheepishly at this, at this wicked, ungodly world. We need to say, you know, demon, go in the name of Jesus. You just need to take authority. I used to be a referee, basketball referee particularly. I found out something. If I blew that whistle in an authoritative way, everybody went. But if I did, everybody didn't believe my call. I learned how to stand with, when I saw something, I blew my whistle and I said with authority, number 11, that's a foul. Did he have a choice? No, he had a foul. As a, as a king's kid, you need to blow your whistle with authority. You need to cause the enemy to flee before you have authority in your house, in, in your family, wherever it is. 
We are to have the language of our father and speak with authority. I'm telling you, we, we cannot stand in the face of demons from hell and speak quiet, shy words. We got to come at them. We cannot gaze silently and slink away. We must speak with authority and with boldness. That's why it says in Acts 4.29, it says, Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. With boldness. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke with boldness. In other words, authority. It's actually a military word. A military word concerning leaders or generals. They were commanding and we need to do the same. We need to pray with authority language. We need to speak as God would speak. And we need to speak like a king. The book of Job, I'm just about done here and then we're going to do a couple things. The book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. You maybe thought Genesis was. No, the book of Job was. Most people think it was written by Moses. Most of you don't like to go to the book of Job because if you read the book of Job, you think you're going to get cursed and you're going to have problems with suffering, you know. But there's an interesting scripture that I mentioned. Now, if Moses wrote Job, Moses grew up in the palace of a king. He was trained to be a king, to be a pharaoh. He was trained that way. And he says in Job twenty two twenty eight, you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. I found this scripture to be, it's the one I mentioned before, to be really interesting. Thou shalt decree a purpose and it shall be fill, fulfilled unto thee. And there's all kinds of ways. You will pronounce something to be and he will make it so. That's king's talk. Prayer is decreeing a purpose that God can make so. And we have an assignment. We are in a season of the church and our lives when clearly we need to do the word of God. The world is divided and crumbling right now. The world that most of us have known growing up, it's not here anymore. It's coming apart at the seams. Because much of the church has not been doing what God has asked us to do. And much, many of you say, well, we got to go back to the way it was. No, I'm not, I don't want to go back. I want to go forward the way God wants us to go. And I'm telling you right now, I believe, and I woke up this weekend, the whole weekend, I was just filled with these concepts and thoughts about uh, taking authority. Because I remember being in D.C. and I remember we would just take authority over things and it happened. It just happened. And I, I, I think we've got to start, we have to step into a new realm. We have to decree things. Favor and decrees go hand in hand. You will pronounce something and God will make it so. The word for decree is the word gazar in the Hebrew. And it means to decide, to purpose, to divide, to sever, or to be cut off. Gazar is the word used at the Red Sea. It says the Red Sea was cut off. Moses stood in front of the Red Sea. He spoke with authority the word, the decree, the gazar of God. He used kingly language and he put the dominion mandate into an activated form, a bold command. He raised the rod of authority and he spoke kingly language. He said to the sea, separate, open and divide. What happened? The sea listened. It didn't say God said. Moses said. 
Moses said. Now, if Moses is, in many cases, is the prophet of royalty, he's telling us to do the very same thing. He's telling us to speak words that will sever the enemy at every point. We need to sever and cut off the attacks of hell with our bold words. We need to command demons to go. We need to command them, don't ask. Don't tell them. We need to tell them to go. Command healing to come. Command harvest to come. Command revival to come. Command awakening to come. Speak with authority. Use king language. Don't be cocky. We can't do it for the nation if we have not done it for us. You can't export what you haven't already sealed in your own life, what you have not experienced. You, you, can't, you can't give to someone else what you don't have. So can I tell you something to do? You got to elevate your prayer life. You got to elevate your communion life. You got to spend more time with God, talking, praying, and then he'll tell you, he'll, he'll whisper secrets in your ear and you can just, you can just speak it. Now I, I know it's uh, it's a little late. I'm still going to go. This morning, first service, Dr. Stan was sitting right there. We were praying over people. He came up and says, Pastor Ken, I got I to say something. And we were talking about authority. We were praying over different individuals. And he said, back in 1981, I was just a, this is Dr. Stan. I'm repeating. I'm just uh, kind of paraphrasing what he said. He said, I was just a, a school educator up in northern Idaho. And in the morning one day, God spoke to me to pray that an assassin's bullet would not kill your president. Later that afternoon, there was an assassination attempt upon Ronald Reagan. He had prayed that. Now, I'm not saying he alone is the one that caused President Reagan not to die, but maybe he was. I remember when we went years ago, Connie and I flew into Washington, D.C. on September 10th, 2001. We fly in. I commented, isn't this right, Connie? The Pentagon was to the right. I said, man, we, when we land, we're really close to the Pentagon, aren't we? And we, all that flight, I felt this eh, in my heart. Isn't that right, Connie? We just, we just felt this uneasiness. And so we were praying. That next day, Connie and I were scheduled to meet with ABC News in the Capitol. They were going to interview us about, and this is what they said, about uh, prayer warriors. Pardon me? Prayer, wasn't it prayer warriors? They were going to interview because they'd heard that we were prayer warriors. And so, but I felt uneasy. So we prayed about it. I got a call that night. They said, uh, we can't meet in the Capitol because uh, we can't find a film crew. I felt this relief as if we weren't supposed to do it that night, but we rescheduled. The next day, you know what happened. We were at the prayer center that day. We heard the explosion of the Pentagon. We were locked down all that week. We couldn't get out of Washington. And there was all kinds of, it was surreal. I, I, I'll never forget this. And let me just finish that statement. I believe as we prayed that night, because I just didn't know what was going on, 
Connie, what's going on here? Just, we prayed, we bound the spirit, we just, whatever. Come to find out the plane that went down in Pennsylvania, because I talked to the senator from Pennsylvania, they believe the plane that went down in Pennsylvania was meant for the Capitol. I'm thinking, God, man, our words mean more than we think. Years ago, I'll see, I need to make sure. Let me finish that. So while we were there, on Thursday night, I think it was, Connie, if you, we saw people walking down the street. This, of course, Tuesday was 911. Thursday, we saw people walking down the street with three things a candle, a Bible, and their constitution or whatever they were wanted to take. And they were headed for the reflecting pool in front of the Capitol. Just, it was just everybody, just spontaneously. So we went back in the house and got our candle and Bible, and we went down there too. I'll never forget it. At dusk, thousands surrounding the pool. All of a sudden, this group over here began to sing Amazing Grace. Then they got done, and this group over here began to sing the Star Spangled Banner. Then they got done, and this group over here began to sing, you know, another song that was about God bless America. It was just, it was a surreal moment, but a moment that I realized God wants his church to arise and begin to pray and bring down enemy activity. Then I recalled what happened to me back in the late 80s, early 90s, as I was a, uh, speaking at a youth camp up in northern Washington. The kids came from Spokane, and we were north of Spokane, and they came to me one day, we had early morning prayer, and they said, Pastor Ken, uh, there's this evil rock group that's coming into, into Spokane on Thursday or whatever day it was. And I said, well, because I was speaking on prayer and authority, well, why don't we pray, bind it, and cause it not to happen? So the whole group, I mean, they caught it. The whole group, big group. We all uh, in, a, in a circle, and we, we took authority. We bound, I just, not just me, the whole group. We took authority in Jesus' name. We bound that, that it would not happen. And then I kind of forgot about it. Thursday comes. I think it was Thursday. No, it was Friday morning. Friday morning comes, and the camp director comes over and he says, uh, thought you'd like to know that rock concert was canceled last night. Because of lack of interest. We told the kids that. You sure heard the place. Because they had taken authority. They had loosed their, their spora. Created an atmosphere. Brought order out of chaos. We can do the same thing. I got to stop. I'm, I, I'm saying church... We got to change. We can't just come to church and have a service. We got to be the church. You got to do it at home. You need to do it your business. You need to start declaring the word of God wherever you're at. Come on, there's people out there that need your word. You can bring order out of chaos. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.